Murder Among Family contains some graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, it's Pam. Sorry. I'm reposting this, although 14 of you have listened to it. Please, please, I'm so sorry. Uh, Somehow part of the audio got deleted. Now it's fully there. Aaron called me and told me about it a day later. So... Here I am a day later redoing the audio. And if you can hear Sesame Street in the background, you are correct. I have a child and life does not stop. This is worse than the first one. Hello and welcome to Murder Among Family. Hello. I'm Pam. And I'm Erin. Two sisters by choice talking about murder. Unfortunate murder. (laughs) Unfortunate family murder. Oh, so and this one to this I have a story today, and this one actually is family related. Yeah. I made sure to do my job this time. Erin, <laughs> you went above and beyond last time. We do not criticize, we just inform you of the title of this podcast. <laughs> Can you see me, Pam? I cannot see you. You cannot because my thing is co- okay. Well, you know what? We're just gonna roll with it. We're going to roll. I'm okay. so excited. <gasps> I see you. Yeah, but I can only see you. And I don't know how to get my... Oh, I can see myself. Oh, my God. You're just going to be staring at my chin the whole time. Well, that's... <laughs> they love me. Such is life. Ah, okay. Bum, bum, bum. All right. Are you ready, Pam? I'm ready. Okay. So I titled this one, The Sister You Don't Want. <gasps> I'm so excited. I know. So my sources are um, Wikipedia, Murderpedia, obviously. I got a ton of information from Murderpedia and just like little tidbits from Wikipedia. Okay? So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So we're going to start out with main character. Not character because it's not like a book or anything. But main person, name is Sharon Elizabeth Kine. Okay? Sharon Elizabeth Kine. Yeah. She was born Elizabeth Hall and she got married which was you know shocking at this point um she's born november no she didn't she didn't hyphen no (laughs) she was born november 30th 1939 known in mexico as la pistolera okay so she was born in independence missouri and when she was in junior high doris and eugene hall her parents moved the whole family to washington but because it just they just wanted to they're like I they're like, like you know week. what we're tired of missouri no washington state oh they're like you know what we're tired of missouri it's not a lot of here it's just one river we're going we're leaving i then they were like some serial killers yeah and they're like you know what Wash, this isn't really working out in washington so by the time that sharon was 15 they they moved back to missouri where she attended william chrisman high school so, 16-year-old Sharon met 22-year-old college student James Kine Gross. at a church function in the summer of 1956, and they had dated regularly until Sharon returned to her university that she was attending to in the fall. Suspicious. Now, obviously, being a teenager, she, one, did not care for her parents and thought that everything that they said was totally wrong, and two, just really wanted to be independent. Okay. So she was so... Typical teen. Yes. Typical teen. 
so into trying to find someone to marry so she could get out of town. Yeah, but that's the time, right? Yeah, that's all she wanted to do is get out of town. You can't leave unless you're married. No. So she wrote him a letter. She wrote this this guy a letter. And she was like, hey, I want to let you know. I know you're at school, but I'm pregnant with your baby. (gasps) So so he gets this letter and he's like, Jesus, oh my God, you're pregnant with my baby? This is insane. So what do they do? They get married. (laughs) She's not pregnant though, right? We'll keep listening, Pam. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> so they're married. It sounds like a trap. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I would telegraph. <laughs> <laughs> so the marriage license when they were married, she was only sixteen. Okay. Blech. And he's twenty two. So Gross. literally could be his sister. Like they're adolescent people at this time. Like, do you remember yourself when you were sixteen? Could you imagine well, being married when you were sixteen? <laughs> Did you know the legal age to marry with consent of your parent in New York is 15? What? Is that not the most disgusting thing you've ever heard? It's actually, that's like old for some states. Oh, Could you even God. imagine? Oh, my God. This is a huge problem, people. Text uh, your Oh, my God. That's terrible. Uh, the, right. the legal age with parent consent is disgusting. Wait till 18. Why is this so hard? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, what's the rush? Like, there's literally no rush. How can you be a wife, a husband, anyone, without a basic high school degree? I couldn't even, like, do my own laundry, make my own food. Like, I was, (laughs) I did not contribute much when I was. How are you going to balance a checkbook or understand, you know, shopping? You know what? I did have a job. I did have a job when I was 16. I was a garbage man. And you <laughs> spent all your money at Claire's, I'm sure. Okay, it wasn't Claire's. Okay, it was Walmart. Okay, sorry. But it was in Obviously the jewelry my section. bad, y'all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you could have gotten to the Claire's quicker, it would have been Claire's. I'm just literally, saying. Claire's was like an hour away from where I was. So, yeah, you're right. So, Walmart was like 20 minutes away. And I got like a bunch of jewelry. I also got a bunch of keychains. Like, I was really into keychains for a little bit. And then I pierced my Do own you have ears, a lot so of keys? I- no, I just love keychains. Like, I had a ton okay. of them. And then my mom was like, you're going to break your car. And I was like, no, I'm not, mom. And then there was one point where my keychain was, like, literally three pounds. And my key wouldn't my key wouldn't go into the ignition because it was so heavy. So I had to get rid of the keychains. And that's where my love affair with keychains ended. Wow. I'm, I'm, glad, we, I'm glad we came with you on that journey. <laughs> okay, wow. anyway. So, so they're getting married. So, so they're married. Okay, she's 16. He's 22. So they're so, both dumb. Go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they got married um, in, in, uh, in Missouri where they were. Okay. So after their wedding, they decided that they were going to move to Utah because sure. that's where the guy was going to college. Okay. But so he's because trying to be educated. He was trying, but he decided, you know what? I'd rather be married. So I'm going to drop out. <laughs> so he dropped out. I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but sure. <laughs> so him and Sharon both got jobs. They went back to Missouri. They're like, you know what? Utah's just not for us. We got to go back to Missouri. So okay. they went back there and they got jobs. Okay. So she is a babysitter and like just like a little bit of odd jobs. And this guy, James, somehow became an electrical engineer 
at Bendix Aviation. Like, I do not, when I, how? No. <laughs> no how? That's like when it's like the 1800s and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. You know what? You, you have a third grade education. <laughs> yeah, but I like poking and open wounds. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it doesn't doctor. make any sense. Yeah. You're definitely an electrical engineer. You definitely dropped out of college, but you're definitely <laughs> legit. So no one can hear my husband talking online right now behind is he, me. Is he commenting? <laughs> no, he's oh. talking to people on the internet, which is way worse because it's, it's never anything good. No, it, my brother is on World of Warcraft. Look for my husband, y'all. My brother is on Twitch all the time and he just watches this one guy stream. I didn't even know what Twitch was until he like explained it to me, which is apparently like this online video streaming thing yes i know what twitch is yeah well i didn't know what twitch is so maybe some other people don't know (laughs) well yeah mike likes twitch too i could not understand my brother like is just so into this one guy who's like clearly just a mess he filed for bankruptcy and my brother actually like listened to his bankruptcy claim and i was like why are you listening to this and he's like why yeah i don't know he couldn't give me doesn't your brother has other things to do (laughs) no he's going to school Oh, sweet lord. Okay, so he anyway, speaks Japanese. He is a smart fluent. man. He is fluent in Japanese and he can understand some Chinese because he was a flippin' Marine and he's listening to this man's. Oh my favorite. god. I can't. When I was at my mom's house the other day, um, I found his honorable discharge pin in his purple heart. I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was really I nice. Had a, I had a slog through records to prove that my father was even in the army. So. <laughs> <laughs> for his burial because <laughs> i could not afford a plot yeah because so it's everyone <laughs> learn how to organize finish high school first oh my before god you get married oh my god all right so anyway so they're working he's an electrical engineer she's a babysitter and does like random jobs and the guy yeah, james, she's four because yeah, she's a hot, she's four and a half so so james is like hey, weren't you pregnant like how come you're not getting any bigger like your body really isn't changing that much and she goes uh Sorry about that. I had a miscarriage. Forgot to tell you. And he was like, yeah, okay. that's what I would do. Wouldn't tell him. Not his business. Yeah. But don't Not worry. scarring or a horrible thing that happens to you. So they're so upset. She's so upset by this miscarriage. They decide, you know what? Let's try again. So they try, I guess, again for real this time. And she actually becomes pregnant. And this guy is an engineer, you're saying. <laughs> Does he... Does he have a basic background in, I don't know, science? (laughs) I don't think so. How babies are made? (laughs) Sounds like a genius. Go on. They had a baby. In 1957, she has has a baby girl, and they named her Dana. Not Donna, but Dana. Spelled the same way, except with the O. There's an A. Yeah, Dana. Dana. Yeah, Dana. So Sharon was reportedly a free spender spent even though she had very little money she wanted well, that's what happens when you don't know how to budget because you're 12 <laughs> and you get married she wanted the fire things in life okay you gotta have nice china you gotta have name brand stuff and we need and you gotta have a fancy looking baby okay but a fancy looking baby yeah, i'm like nice clothes like you can't be hand making your own clothes which sarah makes all of her baby's clothes now because she got her sewing machine really yeah and she's trying to make arvin a matching pant and hat outfit not pant and shirt but pant and hat she says he's too fine to not to have to wear a shirt <laughs> i have so many 
thoughts. <laughs> so many thoughts. And so funny. I'm not going to say them because I do like Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep moving It's just a whole mess. But anyway, anyway. So she wants to find her things in life. But it wasn't at her accord with her money. It was on James's money. Okay, so they first lived in a rented home next to his parents. Sure. Because someone's got to watch the baby, watch while the she's baby do the laundry, give her a break, make dinner. And then they decided that, you know what, we shouldn't be too reliant on my parents. So we're going to build a house right down the street from them in Independence, Missouri. So, so they moved basically four feet away. Yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> We're too reliant. We're gonna move next door. We're gonna move down the yes, block. But she didn't. Okay. She still kept up her life of luxury. So he, to make more money, worked the night shift at this okay. aviation place. I'm sorry. This sounds like when I used to run away from home instead of camp in the stairwell of the apartment building. <laughs> So... Like, I can't live here anymore. I'm going to go live in the hallway. <laughs> I will be taking my blanket. <laughs> Call me for snacks. And your mom, I can see Susan being like, whatever, bam. I serve lunch in the house. <laughs> so if you want lunch, Feel you free can to come join. back in the house. <laughs> yeah, when you're ready, we're... your sandwich is on the table. Exactly. Okay, mom, thanks. <laughs> So because he's working at night, you know, she's bored during the day. He's just trying to make extra money so they can he can give his wife the lifestyle that she wants and feels that she deserves. But because he's not around, the only thing she does during the day is go shopping and hang out with other men. Well, I thought she was just <laughs> going to be banging everyone left, right, and center. So I guess, <laughs> are they paying for it? Okay, go on. So by the time <laughs> that they had... Their other, so they had a son. They had another son. They named him Troy. Um, by the time they had their sure. second son, she was carrying on a ongoing and well-known affair with her friend from high school named John. So obviously, Such at this mess. point, this is too much for James, and he's like, you know what? I think we should get a divorce because you clearly can't create keep it in your pants <laughs> no not even that well yeah that but also but the majority of the reason why he wanted to get married was because she literally could not budget she had terrible spending habits no. and partially <laughs> she be- could not partially because he strongly suspected she was being unfaithful like everyone in the town knew about it and he's like you know what well Aaron he's an engineer he's no dummy so he, he talked oh, to his parents about divorce on March 18th, 1960, telling him that she had agreed, that Sharon had agreed to get a divorce with him if he allowed her to keep the house and the daughter and paid her $1,000 to her parents what? to give to her, to give to her parents who were, by the way, devout Mormons. And her, and oh, his parents God. were like, nah, that seems like too much. You might as well just ride out this wave. You married her, so just stay married. And she was like, no i don't know but she i gotta say when mormons go bad they go real bad there's like no in between there's either nine children and fastidious members of society or straight exactly exactly so she's like no i really just want to get divorced because i really want to get this money and i really don't love this guy anymore and like my lifestyle like our lifestyles are two totally different things doesn't really care about me 
how do I? I think he cares about you. But well, she okay. doesn't. She doesn't really care about him, and you know, whatever. She was just told so totally disconnected at this point. So she goes, you know what, boyfriend John, I'm gonna pay you a thousand dollars to kill my husband, and if you're not gonna do it, I'm gonna find someone else who can. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's what you do. So you decide to get divorced, and then you hire a hitman. Yeah, it's it's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. So, 5.30 p.m., <laughs> according to Sharon, on the evening of March 19th, Sharon says that she hears a gunshot from the direction of the bedroom where her husband was sleeping. <gasps> oh, no. Entering the room, she found her two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Dana, on the bed next to her father, holding one of her boyfriend's guns, a twenty-two caliber high-standard semi-automatic target pistol. You know, he left it there when they were bossing <laughs> on her husband's bed. <laughs> yes. And James... And then her daughter, knowing how to release the safety. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I know my daughter's, too. She goes out to the gun range every weekend. Exactly. Exactly. Gets the gang together. She says, hey, guys. Go fire off some AKs. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, the boyfriend is bleeding from the gunshot wound. Sharon called the police. The boyfriend? The The husband is... Okay. The husband is bleeding from the gunshot wound. Sharon called the police, but he was dead by the time the ambulance came. And then, the, oh, yeah, no. it was sad. So the police were unable to recover any finger, fingerprints from the well-oiled grip of the pistol because clearly she knew that if she put baby oil all over the gun, they wouldn't be able to find gunshots, which is obviously how the two-and-a-half-year-old daughter fired the gun anyway. Well, Aaron, you know children are better grip when anything's slippery. They're just, they're better at it. She probably put the oil on after. She knows you got to oil your gun. Two-year-olds know these things about gun safety. But when the police asked their neighbors, they were like, like they asked a bunch of people, family, neighbors, everyone was like, no, James allowed this child to play with his guns and... It proved they they like tested the daughter and um, they proved that she was able to actually pull the trigger on the gun. So they were like, "I'm sorry, you're telling me yeah, that the police gave yeah. a two year old a gun." <laughs> yeah, so they <laughs> to see if she could pull the trigger. Yes. Okay, sound logic. So they're like, so they're like, yes. Why? Yeah. So they're like, yes. Obviously, this must have been an accidental what? homicide. So the po- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're breathing by this a little bit. People in authority. Yes. Gave a two and a half. You know what? Let's try. Let's give it an old college try. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Were they given guns because they decided to be a cop after, you know, finishing the third grade? I don't know. They probably didn't have a a degree either. Probably not. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay, go on. So, um. I hope Dana joined the gun club. (laughs) They took the gun into custody and they never returned to to, to Sharon because how dare I they know. I'm sorry what <laughs> despite her efforts what? to reclaim it she tried really hard to get it back but they no, were like no God, sorry. <laughs> of course she wants it it's evidence yeah. against her yeah sweet Jesus but she really wanted a sure. gun so she convinced one of her friends to buy her a 22 caliber automatic pistol so the you know Mike and I have decided we probably should get a gun <laughs> You know, in case, you know, the economy collapsed and we all know. 
zombie apocalypse it up. But like, where do you even buy a gun? Can you get one online? No, you have to like, it's this whole process where you have to apply for it and they have to make sure you're actually able to get it. Like you have to go through the state and I think it's like a federal thing. Like it's a whole thing. It's not like they're hosting gun shows during quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) So Sharon really wanted a gun. So her friend goes out and he gets her a gun. And he's like, here. A friend or a friend? A friend. A male friend. Secretly bought bought her a gun. And he goes, here's this gun. I registered it in your name. And she was like, hell no. Uh Uh-uh. You're not registering it in my name. No way. That's crazy. You need to re-register it in someone else's name. I don't care who's who. But it's not me. Mm -mm. So put it in my daughter's name. It's my daughter's gun. Clearly because she's capable of using a gun at two and a half years old. So they closed out the investigation of his death. James was buried and Sharon collected $29,000 on his life insurance policy. I mean, that'll teach him to play peekaboo the wrong Mm -hmm. way. Yep. Yep. Jesus Christ. So now... We've got this other person. Her name is Patricia. Okay. So Patricia was born one of six children who okay. also lived in Missouri. And after, okay. after graduating from a local high school, she married this guy named Walter, who was her high school sweetheart. Walter Aww. enlisted in the Marine Corps shortly after their marriage, and the couple relocated to the West Coast while her husband served in, in the Marines. Then he was eventually discharged, honorably discharged, and they returned to the Midwest to settle in Independence, Missouri with their two children. And okay, are they in Utah or Missouri? The other family, Mi- Missouri. They're in Missouri. Okay, they were in Missouri. In he he enrolled Heartland. in the army or in the Marines. They go out to the West Coast and they're like, "Hey, we're hanging out here now. I'm gonna really discharged. Let's go back home." So they go back to Missouri. That chip was dry too. What are you eating? Where's lunch? I'm eating pirate booty. What are you eating? Pirate booty? Oh, I thought you said pirate food. I was like, okay, you need to elaborate on that. <laughs> the food of pirates. Pirate Go food. on, okay. That's good. Patricia. Okay. So they moved back. This company moved, or this company, oh my God. This family moves back to Independence, Missouri, okay? Mm-hmm. And they've got two children at this time. By 1960, five years into the marriage, Patricia, his wife, was working as a file clerk for the IRS while he was selling cars. Sweet. Okay. So despite being married and obviously having a great life with all these children, Walter reportedly had a wandering eye. Ooh. So on April 18th, he met Sharon. When of course, she bought... because she's out there like a baboon with a big red bottom. Yeah, obviously. And she was she bought a Ford Thunderbird from him using oh, some of the insurance payout from her husband's death. So, Sweet. obviously, they're both the same caliber of person. So, they started having an affair. Sharon viewed him as a prospect for a second husband, but Walter really wasn't interested in leaving his wife, even though their marriage wasn't that great. So, right. when he declined to go on a trip to Washington with Sharon in May, she reluctantly went with her brother instead. Although the couple reunited on May 25th, shortly after she returned to Missouri, their relationship was quickly set on the rocks when she told him that she was pregnant and he was the father of the baby. Now, she has something about telling all these people that she's pregnant. So is she pregnant or not? We're not really. Erin, if it works, you keep going. (laughs) If it ain't broke, 
don't fix it. Exactly. So he was so scared that his wife was going to find out. He was like, you know what? I really don't like my wife. I really kind of like this other lady better. So it's probably for the best um, for him to just leave his wife and end the affair, right? We just need to, you need to leave your sure. wife. We need to be together forever, whatever. Really? So she decided being so smart. I really don't think this guy is going to go ahead and do that. So I'm going to do it myself. So she <gasps> contacted his wife at no. her office at the IRS and said, hi, my name's Sharon. Just want to let you know I'm having an affair with your husband, Walter. And um, he's also hey, having- Hey, how you doing? I'm begging yeah. your husband. Yeah. Jesus. And she was like, oh my God, no. And she's like, yeah, come meet me. And he's like, okay. She's like, okay, all right, fine. So- sure why not let's get a chipotle yeah so his wife decided that she was gonna go meet up with her that evening to discuss the matter further so she could figure out what was going on so according to walter patricia never made it home that evening and he filed a missing person report with the police the next day and began calling the people he thought who might have seen his wife he got a lead when he spoke to his friends, uh, spoke to Patricia's friends who carpooled to work with her. The friends told him that Patricia had reported receiving a phone call that day from an unnamed woman who wanted to meet with her. She had asked the carpool driver to drop her off at a street corner in Independence, which he was like, yeah, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Mm. So the occupants of the carpool, who we don't really know who's in the car with her, had seen a woman waiting for her in another car at the shop, but they didn't recognize her. They're like, who who the heck is this lady? So they they weren't able to provide a description or a name to the person that she was meeting. So suspicious of the identity of the unknown woman in the carpool's general description, Walter decided to call Sharon and ask if she had seen or spoken to his wife. She said, yes, I have, and see, in fact, seen Patricia that day. She had met her to tell her about Walter's affair. Oh, yeah. I know her. I know. Right. Every Thursday, give her a high right. five, push her down a flight of stairs. I don't remember right. that part, though. But... <laughs> I mean, at this point, it might have happened. So when he asked her about it, she was like, I, oh yeah, I totally saw Patricia. Uh, I dropped her off near the Jones house speaking when she was speaking to an unknown man in a green 1957 Ford. So based on Sharon's admission over the phone, Walter met with her late Friday evening and insisted she give him more details about where his wife was. And he later admitted to going so far as to hold the key to her throat threatening her if you don't give me any information i'm gonna kill you okay we need to stop for a second because this is classic 1950s bs (laughs) classic bs because this schmo was like i love my wife but i'm gonna just you know put my penis in anyone near me but don't talk to my wife she's mine (laughs) that's my lady that's why she works at the irs to support us Exactly. Exactly. I'm a terrible sales. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my god. So she was like, "All right, you're gonna threaten to kill me. I guess I'll give you some information." So her response was, after leaving Walter, to call her old boyfriend John and at the one who she tried to pay a thousand dollars to kill her first husband. Okay, tried or did, and then blamed it on a two-year-old. I mean, it's probably the latter, but that part really wasn't super clear. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> Solid. So I mean, she, she asked her boyfriend. 
she asked the boyfriend to help her search for search for Patricia. Mm-hmm. So shortly before midnight and within hours of Sharon's conversation with Walter, her and the boyfriend had found the body of a woman in a secluded area approximately one mile outside of Independence. And according to John, the boyfriend, he had been the one to suggest searching in that area where they found the body. So it was a spot that they had gone on dates before him and Sharon. Oh. So the body was How romantic. As- I know. So the body was dressed in a black sweater and a yellow skirt and was soon identified as Patricia. Oh, what? Where she had I, dates with it? Who knew? Uh, I know. Who would have thought? What? She had been shot four times with a twenty-two caliber pistol. Okay, so free. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> How could so, this happen, Aaron? Tell me more. So she was shot fatally in the head. And oh, it was, they put the gun in her mouth and killed her. Oh. And she also ha- was shot one time in her abdomen and two times um, in her shoulder, one on each shoulder. Okay, but did they check out the toddlers in the area? No. Get a nice lineup going. <laughs> <laughs> so... When the police were looking at the body, they found powder burns on the hemline of her skirt, which had been raised to her waist, indicating that the gun had been fired from close range at least once. You cut out for a second. Oh. Um, so powder burns on the hemline of her skirt, which had been raised to her waist, indicated that the gun had been fired from close range at least one out of the four different times that she was shot. So she tried so, to get weird with the body. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. So she died. They her time of death was approximately 9 p.m. on May 27th, and she was buried on May 31st. This is a straight home wrecker. Okay, go on. Yeah, she's a whole mess. She's just all over the place, just fudging up every family she can come near. Like she literally, her first husband died. Now she meets this other guy. She now she meets this other guy. She literally kills his wife, and she's like, you know what? It wasn't me. <laughs> So me? How could it be me? I know. So investigators immediately began to question her, the boyfriend, James, and Walter. All three were questions on the 28th. So that's literally the day after she died. Okay. They're on it. So, so Walter and the boyfriend both gave written statements admitting to have been dating Sharon, and they both agreed to lie detector tests. Eskimo brothers. <laughs> Sharon gave an oral statement to b- police, but declined to sign a written one or to take a lie detector test. So clearly she's innocent. Obviously. She, she was then questioned again on the morning of May 30th and the boyfriend on May 31st. The scheduled polygraphs for the two men were performed on June 1st, and both men were deemed to have been truthful in their statements. So Sharon's brother, Eugene, was also questioned on May 31st, but declined to answer any questions okay. because he clearly, obviously, didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> So, while police questioned the potential suspects and witnesses, other investigators focused on processing the crime scene. So, repeated attempts were made to find the bullet that had passed through and killed Patricia and trying to find the murder weapon, including the sifting of dirt at the crime scene for bullets and a deployment of a troop of Boy Scouts to search for a gun. Oh, good. So, their children are just all throughout this. (laughs) Do we still do Why? that? Do we hook in the Boy Scouts to go search for people? I do not understand 
why you would literally trust Boy Scouts to find and process a crime scene, but that's... Do you remember when I was a Boy Scout den mother? With fan? Yes. And that literally sounded like the worst thing ever. It was the worst. And I wouldn't trust them with a ham sandwich. (laughs) No, they, they are obviously talented and skilled enough to process a crime scene. Okay. Well, it's the wilderness era. Just... Let them out there. They'll start some fires, get some things going. Is all I'm saying. Mike was a Boy Scout. Mike. Well, that explains a lot. He stayed just long. (laughs) He stayed just long enough to figure out how to set a fire, and he was out. I can't. I can't. His brother almost made Eagle Scout. Hello and welcome to Murder Among Family. Hello. I'm Pam, and I'm Erin. Two sisters by choice talking about murder. Unfortunate murder. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunate family murder. Oh, so this one, to this, I have a story today, and this one actually is family related. Yeah. I made sure to do my job this time. (laughs) Erin, you went above and beyond last time. We do not criticize, we just inform you of the title of this podcast. Can you see me, Pam? I cannot see you. You cannot because my thing is... Co- okay, well, you know what? We're just going to roll with it. We're going to roll. I'm okay. so excited. <gasps> I see you. Yeah, but I can only see you. And I don't know how to get my... Oh, I can see myself. Oh, my God. You're just going to be staring at my chin the whole time. Well, that's... <laughs> they love me. Such is life. Ah, okay. All right. Are you ready, Pam? I'm ready. Okay. So I titled this one, The Sister You Don't Want. (gasps) I'm so excited. I know. So my sources are um, Wikipedia, Murderpedia, obviously. I got a ton of information from Murderpedia and just like little tidbits from Wikipedia. Okay. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So we're going to start out with main character. Not character because it's not like a book or anything but main person name is sharon elizabeth kine okay she was sharon elizabeth kine yeah she was born elizabeth hall and she got married which was you know shocking at this point um she's born november no she didn't she didn't hyphen no (laughs) she was born november 30th 1939 known in mexico as la pistolera okay so she was born in Independence, Missouri, and when she was in junior high, Doris and Eugene Hall, her parents, moved the whole family to Washington. But because it just they just wanted to. They're like, I they're like, like, you know city. what? We're tired of Missouri. No, Washington State. Oh. They're like, you know what? We're tired of Missouri. It's not a lot of here. It's just one river. We're going. We're leaving. I so then they go were find like, some serial killers. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? Wash this isn't really working out in Washington. So by the time that Sharon was 15, they, they moved back to Missouri where she attended William Christman High School. Mm. So 16-year-old Sharon met 22-year-old college student James Kine Gross. at a church function in the summer of 1956. And they had dated regularly until Sharon returned to her university that she was attending to in the fall. Suspicious. Now, obviously, being a teenager, she, one, did not care for her parents and thought that everything that they said was totally wrong. And two, just really wanted to be independent. 
Okay. So she was so typical teen. Yes. Typical teen. So into trying to find someone to marry so she could get out of town. Yeah, but that's the time, right? Yeah. That's all she wanted to do is get out of town. You can't leave unless you're married. No. So yeah. she wrote him a letter. She wrote this this guy a letter. And she was like, hey, I want to let you know. I know you're at school, but I'm pregnant with your baby. <gasps> so, so he gets this letter and he's like, Jesus, oh my God, you're pregnant with my baby? This is insane. So what do they do? They get married. She's not pregnant though, right? We'll keep listening, Pam. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> so they're married. It sounds like a trap. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I would telegraph. <laughs> so the marriage license when they were married, she was only sixteen. Okay. Blech. And he's twenty two. So Gross. literally could be his sister. Like they're adolescent people at this time. Like, do you remember yourself when you were sixteen? Could you imagine well, being married when you were 16? Did you know the legal age to marry with consent of your parent in New York is 15? What? Is that not the most disgusting thing you've ever heard? It's actually, that's like old for some states. Oh, Could my you even God. imagine? Oh, my God. This is a huge problem, people. Text uh, your Oh, my God. That's terrible. Uh, the, right. the legal age with parent consent is disgusting. Wait till 18. Why is this so hard? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, what's the rush? Like, there's literally no rush. How can you be a wife, a husband, anyone without a basic even... high school degree? I couldn't even, like, do my own laundry, make my own food. Like, I was, <laughs> I did not contribute much when I was. But, How are you going to balance a checkbook or understand yeah, no, you you know, can't. shopping? Yeah. I, you know what? I did Budgeting. have a job. I did have a job when I was 16. I was a garbage man. And, and you it, spent all your money at Claire's, I'm sure. Okay. It wasn't Claire's. Okay. It was Walmart. Okay. Sorry. But it was in Obviously the jewelry my section. Bad, <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you could have gotten to the Claire's quicker, it would have been Claire's. I'm just literally saying. Claire's was like an hour away from where I was. So yeah, you're right. So Walmart I was know. like 20 minutes away and I got like a bunch of jewelry. I also got a bunch of keychains. Like I was really into keychains for a little bit. And then I pierced my Do own you have ears, a lot so of keys? I... No, I just love keychains. Like I had a ton right. of them. And then my mom was like, you're going to break your car. And I was like, no, I'm not mom. And then there was one point where my keychain was like literally three pounds and my key wouldn't like you wouldn't go into the ignition because it was so heavy so I had to get rid of the keychains and that's where my love affair with keychains ended wow I'm, I'm glad we I'm glad we came with you on that journey <laughs> okay wow. anyway, so so they're getting married so, so they're married okay she's 16 he's 22 so they're so, both dumb go on yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so they got married um in in uh in Missouri where they were Okay, so after their wedding, they decided that they were going to move to Utah because sure. that's where the guy was going to college. Okay, but so he's because trying to be educated. He was trying, but he decided, you know what? I'd rather be married, so I'm going to drop out. <laughs> so he dropped out. I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but sure. <laughs> so him and Sharon both got jobs. They went back to Missouri. They're like, you know what? Utah's just not for us. We got to go back to Missouri. So they went back there and they got jobs. Okay. So she is a babysitter and like, just like a little bit of odd jobs. And this guy 
James somehow became an electrical engineer at Bendix Aviation. Like, I do not, when I, how? Well, <laughs> no idea. How? That's like when it's like the 1800s and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. You know what? You, you have a third grade education. <laughs> yeah, but I like poking and open wounds. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it doesn't doctor. make any sense. Yeah. You're definitely an electrical engineer. You definitely dropped out of college, but you're definitely <laughs> legit. So no one can hear my husband talking online right now behind is he, me. Is he commenting? <laughs> no, he's oh. talking to people on the internet, which is way worse. Because it's, it's never anything good. No. It, my brother is on World of Warcraft. Look for my husband, y'all. My brother is on Twitch all the time and he just watches this one guy stream. I didn't even know what Twitch was until he like explained it to me, which is apparently like this online video streaming thing. Yes, I know what Twitch is. Yeah, well I didn't know what Twitch is, so maybe some other people don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, Mike likes Twitch too. I could not understand. My brother like is just so into this one guy who's like clearly just a mess he filed for bankruptcy and my brother actually like listened to his bankruptcy claim and i was like why are you listening to this and he's like why yeah i don't know he couldn't give me doesn't he, your brother has other things to do in his life <laughs> I know. he's going to school <laughs> oh sweet lord okay so he anyway. speaks japanese he is a smart fluent. man he is fluent in japanese and he can understand some chinese because he was a flipping marine and he's listening to this man oh my god i can't when I was at my mom's house the other day, um, I found his honorable discharge pin and his purple heart. I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was really I nice. Had a, I had a slog through records to prove that my father was even in the army so, <laughs> for his burial. Because <laughs> I could not afford a plot. Yeah, because so it's everyone <laughs> learn how to organize. Finish high school first. Oh, my before God. Before you get married. Oh, my God. All right. So anyway. So they're working. He's an electrical engineer. She's a babysitter and does like random jobs. And the guy, yeah, James, she's four. Yeah, because she's a hot, she's four she, and a half. So, so James is like, "Hey, weren't you pregnant? Like, how come you're not getting any bigger? Like, your body really isn't changing that much." And she goes, "Uh, sorry about that. I had a miscarriage. Forgot to tell you." And he was like, "Yeah, okay, that's what I would do. Wouldn't tell him. Not his business. Yeah, but." Don't Not worry. scarring or a horrible thing that happens to you. So they're so upset. She's so upset by this miscarriage. They decide, you know what? Let's try again. So they try, I guess, again for real this time. And she actually becomes pregnant. And this guy is an engineer, you're saying. <laughs> does he Does he have a basic background in, I don't know, science? <laughs> I don't think How so. babies are made? <laughs> like a genius in, Go on, in, they had a baby. in 1957 she has she has a baby girl and they named her dana not donna but dana spelled the same way sure. except with the o with an there's a. an a yeah dana dana yeah dana so okay. sharon was reportedly a free spender spent even though she had very little money she wanted well, that's what happens when you don't know how to budget because you're 12 <laughs> and you get married. She wanted the finer things in life, okay? You gotta have nice china, you gotta have name brand stuff, and we need and you gotta have a fancy looking baby, okay? But a fancy looking baby. Yeah, I'm like nice clothes, like you can't be hand making your own clothes, which Sarah makes all of her babies' clothes now because she got her sewing machine. Really? Yeah, and she's trying to make Arvin a matching pant and hat outfit not pant and shirt but pant and hat she says he's too fine to not to 
have to wear a shirt. <laughs> I have so many <laughs> thoughts. So many thoughts. Yeah, and so funny. I'm not going to say them because I do like Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep moving It's just a whole mess. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> so she wants to find her things in life. But it wasn't at her accord with her money. It was on James's money. Okay, so they first lived in a rented home next to his parents. Sure. Because someone's got to watch the baby, watch the baby, do the laundry, give her a break, make dinner. And then they decided that, you know what, we shouldn't be too reliant on my parents. So we're going to build a house right down the street from them in Independence, Missouri. So, so they moved basically four feet away. Yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> We're too reliant. We're going to move next door. We're going to move down the yes, block. But she didn't. Okay. She still kept up her life of luxury. So he, to make more money, worked the night shift at this okay. aviation place. I'm sorry. This sounds like when I used to run away from home and set up camp in the stairwell of the apartment building. <laughs> So... Like, I can't live here anymore. I'm going to go live in the hallway. <laughs> I will be taking my blanket. <laughs> Call me for snacks. And your mom, I can see Susan being like, whatever, bam. I serve lunch in the house. <laughs> so if you want lunch, Feel you free can to come join. back in the house. <laughs> yeah, when you're ready, we're... Your sandwich is on the table. Exactly. Okay, mom, thanks. <laughs> So because he's working at night, you know, she's bored during the day. He's just trying to make extra money so they can he can give his wife the lifestyle that she wants and feels that she deserves. But because he's not around, the only thing she does during the day is go shopping and hang out with other men. Well, I thought she was just <laughs> going to be banging everyone left, right, and center. So I guess, <laughs> are they paying for it? Okay, go on. So by the time <laughs> that they had... Their other, so they had a son. They had another son. They named him Troy. Um, by the time they had their sure. second son, she was carrying on a ongoing and well-known affair with her friend from high school named John. So, obviously, Such at this mess. point, this is too much for James. And he's like, you know what? I think we should get a divorce because you clearly can't create keep it in your pants no not even that well yeah that but also the the majority of the reason why he wanted to get married was because she literally could not budget she had terrible spending habits and partially (laughs) she could not partially because he strongly suspected she was being unfaithful like everyone in the town knew about it and he's like you know what well Aaron he's an engineer he's no dummy So he he talked to his parents about divorce on March 18th, 1960, telling him that she had agreed, that Sharon had agreed to get a divorce with him if he allowed her to keep the house and the daughter and paid her (laughs) $1,000 to her parents to give to her, to give to her parents who were, by the way, devout Mormons. And her, and his parents were like, nah, that seems like too much. You might as well just ride out this wave. You married her. So just stay married. And she was like, no, I don't know. But she... I gotta say, when Mormons go bad, they go real bad. There's, like, no in-between. There's either nine children and fastidious yeah. members of society or straight delinquents. Exactly. exactly. So she's like, no, I really just want to get divorced because I really want to get this money and I really don't love this guy anymore and, like, my lifestyle, like, our lifestyles are two totally different things. He doesn't really care about me. 
how do I? I think he cares about you. But well, she okay. doesn't. She doesn't really care about him, and you know, whatever. She was just told so totally disconnected at this point. So she goes, you know what, boyfriend John, I'm gonna pay you a thousand dollars to kill my husband, and if you're not gonna do it, I'm gonna find someone else who can. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's what you do. So you decide to get divorced, and then you hire a hitman. Yeah, it's it's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. So, 5.30 p.m., <laughs> according to Sharon, on the evening of March 19th, Sharon says that she hears a gunshot from the direction of the bedroom where her husband was sleeping. <gasps> oh, no. Entering the room, she found her two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Dana, on the bed next to her father, holding one of her boyfriend's guns, a twenty-two caliber high-standard semi-automatic target pistol. You know, he left it there when they were bossing <laughs> on her husband's bed. Yes. And James, and then her daughter, knowing how to release the safety. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I know my daughter's too. She goes out to the gun range every weekend. Exactly. Exactly. Gets the gang together. She says, hey, guys, go fire off some AKs. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So the boyfriend is bleeding from the gunshot wound. Sharon called the police. The boyfriend? The The husband is. Okay. The husband is bleeding from the gunshot wound. Sharon called the police, but he was dead by the time the ambulance came. And then, the, oh, yeah, no. it was sad. So the police were unable to recover any finger, fingerprints from the well-oiled grip of the pistol because clearly she knew that if she put baby oil all over the gun, they wouldn't be able to find gunshots, which is obviously how the two-and-a-half-year-old daughter fired the gun anyway. Well, Aaron, you know children are better grip when anything's slippery. They're just, they're better at it. She probably put the oil on after. She knows you got to oil your gun. Two-year-olds know these things about gun safety. But when the police asked their neighbors, they were like, like they asked a bunch of people, family, neighbors, everyone was like, no, James allowed this child to play with his guns and... It proved they they like tested the daughter and um, they proved that she was able to actually pull the trigger on the gun. So they were like, "I'm sorry, you're telling me yeah, that the police gave yeah. a two year old a gun." <laughs> yeah, so they <laughs> to see if she could pull the trigger. Yes. Okay, sound logic. So I'm in they're it. like, Let's do so this. they're like, yes. Why? Yeah. So they're like, yes. Obviously, this must have been an accidental what? homicide. So the po- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're breathing by this a little bit. Yeah. People in authority. Yes. Gave a two and a half. You know what? Let's try. Yes. Let's give it an old college try. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Were they given guns because they decided to be a cop after, you know, finishing the third grade? I don't know. I'm probably, they probably didn't, have a, they probably didn't have a degree either. Probably not. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay, yeah. go on. So, um, they... I hope Dana joined the gun club. <laughs> they took the gun into custody and they never returned to to, to Sharon because how dare I they know. I'm sorry what <laughs> despite her efforts what? to reclaim it she tried really hard to get it back but they no, were like no God, sorry. <laughs> of course she wants it it's evidence yeah. against her yeah sweet Jesus but she really wanted a sure. gun so she convinced one of her friends to buy her a 22 caliber automatic pistol so the you know Mike and I have decided we probably should get a gun <laughs> You know, in case, you know, the economy collapsed and we all know. 
zombie apocalypse it up. But like, where do you even buy a gun? Can you get one online? No, you have to like, it's this whole process where you have to apply for it and they have to make sure you're actually able to get it. Like you have to go through the state and I think it's like a federal thing. Like it's a whole thing. It's not like they're hosting gun shows during quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) So Sharon really wanted a gun. So her friend goes out and he gets her a gun. And he's like, here. A friend or a friend? A friend. A male friend. Secretly bought bought her a gun. And he goes, here's this gun. I registered it in your name. And she was like, hell no. Uh Uh-uh. You're not registering it in my name. No way. That's crazy. You need to re-register it in someone else's name. I don't care who's who. But it's not me. Mm -mm. So put it in my daughter's name. It's my daughter's gun. Clearly because she's capable of using a gun at two and a half years old. So they closed out the investigation of his death. James was buried and Sharon collected $29,000 on his life insurance policy. I mean, that'll teach him to play peekaboo the wrong Mm -hmm. way. Yep. Yep. Jesus Christ. So now... We've got this other person. Her name is Patricia. Okay. So Patricia was born one of six children who okay. also lived in Missouri. And after, okay. after graduating from a local high school, she married this guy named Walter, who was her high school sweetheart. Walter Aww. enlisted in the Marine Corps shortly after their marriage, and the couple relocated to the West Coast while her husband served in, in the Marines. Then he was eventually discharged, honorably discharged, and they returned to the Midwest to settle in Independence, Missouri with their two children. And okay, are they in Utah or Missouri? The other family, Mi- Missouri. They're in Missouri. Okay, they were in Missouri. In he he enrolled Heartland. in the army or in the Marines. They go out to the West Coast and they're like, "Hey, we're hanging out here now. I'm really discharged. Let's go back home." So they go back to Missouri. And initial reports and investigations placed at the time of her death was approximately at 9 p.m. on May 27th, and she was buried on May 30th. Okay. And he's the dumbass. Ooh, he's the dummy who gave everyone COVID nineteen. I'm not even joking. He gave the entire oh family God. COVID. They're not the smartest people, Aaron. Oh my god. They're gosh. children. Okay, but you know what? Oh they could probably shoot a gun. So why not? Probably. And so can a two year old. And this is obviously why they wanted the Boy Scouts to find and process yep. crime scene. Yep. <laughs> so eventually, one of the Boy Scouts found a 22 caliber rifle slug. Oh, he gets his patch. Good job. Yep. Forensic crime scene investigation. Good job, Jimmy. Buried in the ground where her body was found, providing evidence that at least some of her wounds had been sustained at the place where her body was found. <laughs> so investigators went so far as to drag the bottom of nearby bodies of water. The gun had, that had shot her assumed to be a twenty-two caliber pistol. They can't find it. Okay. I just have to say, you know, all the other Boy Scouts were so pissed they didn't find it, right? Yeah, obviously, because that guy literally got a murder patch. And everyone else had to wait for the next murder scene to come along. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So they searched the buildings um, around where she was. They were looking for blood, for gunshot evidence, basically anything that they could find in accordance with the theory for the police, with with the police's theory that she had been attacked elsewhere and then transported outdoors. So when they're looking at her body, a white powdery substance was found in her hair, which they first thought was to believe to be a trace of evidence from some other crime scene. Of course. Yeah. Because (laughs) have you ever heard the John Mulaney joke? Oh, that guy's funny. It's like it's (laughs) he does this really good like law and order one. It was like 
Yeah. It's like, oh, it's 1950s law and order. Okay. So there's blood evidence here. There's the, the guy had a sperm sample over here. He cut himself too and just bled like all in this area. And there's hair and a bunch of fibers. And he got, and the, and the detective goes, gross, clean it up. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything but clean this why are you telling me this gross <laughs> oh my god you know what other comedian I love I really love Louis C.K. like he's a whole mess I love him I love- but also you know oh. he's like the beginning of the Me Too movement I know he really is and like his jokes are such a mess but they're so relatable and he literally is just so homely and his show Louie is just so so good. I, I mean, just I, buy, hire a lady to masturbate in front of. How hard is that? Oh, my God. I love that show. Every time I watch it, I'm always just like, this is gold. Like, people didn't realize how good it was. And I was just, oh, my God, it was so good. I'm sorry. Wouldn't a prostitute be equally as startled if you hired her? She came and she's like, hey, honey, it's fine. And you just started masturbating. <laughs> a sex worker. I'm sorry. If, a, if imagine, you hired getting, imagine getting that phone call. To be like, hey, I just need you to come and like masturbate in front of me. Like, oh. no, you don't even say it. Just be like, I need you for the hour. Just come in. So weird. Oh my God, imagine. Do you charge for half hour? <laughs> I just need you for like, get a massage, you know, like a massage or Honestly, I only need you for 10 minutes. How much is 10 minutes going to cost? <laughs> All of those women will be equally as startled. If they oh walked in God. prepared to do work in the sex industry and you just started randomly masturbating next to them. <laughs> I, and you know what? They they would actually be fine with it because you didn't have to touch them. And it, it would work out. Oh my God. I'm just saying there's a way to get things done. <laughs> Jesus, Pam. You'd probably be their favorite client. And if, if your thing is that you like them to be surprised, guess what? I bet they'd be surprised. They're always going to be surprised. <laughs> no one's going to be like, I bet it's that weird <laughs> masturbating guy again. It's the chronic masturbator. And you know no, what? You pay for silence is all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So anyway, they found some white stuff in her hair and they thought it was a trace of evidence from some other crime scenes, but Aaron, I know what it is. It's baby powder. It's a toddler. I knew it. No, 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 it's not. It's, it's not. You're not going to guess what it is. Okay. I'm excited. Are you ready? Is it anthrax? No. Okay. Stop. Tell me, tell me what it is. (laughs) I wouldn't guess anthrax. I'm just saying. You're never going to guess this. Okay. I'm excited. It cut. It was fly eggs. Oh my god! No, I would. It's not. So gross! So gross! Clean it up. Like <laughs> <laughs> you would have literally be the worst investigator. <laughs> That's gross. You would be the worst. <laughs> that must oh be the, the, the blow from that other job. Oh my god. Then your office is just full of flies. Uh, so so oh, oh <laughs> so Sharon was arrested at her home. Why? Murder. Was she breeding flies? 
Well, no, because they, she had a twenty-two caliber pistol. They found a little gunshot shell, and they're like, okay, well, we have to make some type of connection here, so we're going to arrest you for murder. Wait, so then what was the deal with the eggs? It was just a gross... Oh, okay. Just a, just a side a gross... that I got real into. Okay, go on. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I just heard... Oh, my God. I just heard Grandpa cough on the on the Zoom, and I was like, wait. <laughs> There's someone in the house. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, oh you can just exit out of the Zoom. It's okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to close the Zoom. He's freaking me out. Man. All he right. does have a very violent cough. Yeah, it was. I was like, oh my God. Wow. It's intense. Okay, I left the Zoom. Sorry. See, okay, Louis so- C.K. would have been turned on by your surprise. <laughs> <laughs> So, so she was arrested at 11 p.m. on May 31st, the same day that of, of Patricia's funeral, oh. which is also the same day that the Jackson County Sheriff requested that prosecutors consider a second charge of murder for her husband. I mean, God, I hope so. Right? Wasn't the daughter. There has to be something going on. So police were able to rule out that the 22 caliber pistol that had killed her husband, James. Okay. Um, as the word murder weapon, and that gun was still in possession from the sheriff's office. However, a man who worked with him admitted to having secretly purchased a new gun oh at Sharon's request. So she must have a right. magic vagina, literally, like something made of gold, sweet. like literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> she probably does a lot of kegels because she's too busy lying about being pregnant all the time. Uh. Well, so, okay. Police were police were unable to locate the gun in question when they searched her house. Although they did find an empty box that they believed had once kept the gun. Okay. So she at first claimed to the investigators that she had accidentally lost it on that trip that she took to Washington with her brother. Okay. And then she changed and she was like, "I have no idea where it is. It just magically okay, disappeared." Okay. So. Walter was taken into custody on June 2nd as a material witness to the case and then was freed the same day on just $2,000 bond. Well, it was the 50s. I mean, in today's money, that's like 3000 50000 3000 Okay. Okay. Of money. Uh, <laughs> money down there. So I always wonder about that. I always you know, it's wonder, easily like, Googleable, right? Much- yeah but i'm just too lazy to google it so and the initial autopsy performed on patricia was criticized by police and prosecutors who felt that the recovery of the bullets and the testing of her stomach contents should have been done because they didn't do i mean why would they want to do their job what was the whole point of hiring the boy scouts so (laughs) (laughs) what how are you gonna earn your patch jimmy if you don't dissect the body and figure out the stomach contents Imagine trying to tell an 11 year old boy to do that. Like, I don't want to do it. You have Why did we even get you the Swiss Army knife, Jimmy? You said you'd be responsible. You said you'd get your work done. You said you'd do it, but you clearly didn't deliver. So now you're out. No passion Shh. for you. Get out of the boys. Yeah. So the doctor, um, his name is Hugh Owens, who performed the original autopsy on Patricia, said that he had recovered one of the one of the three bullets that were in the body, and because the body had been prepared 
by an undertaker prior to the autopsy even happening, any chemical tests on stomach context- contents would have been useless. So he's like, <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Oh, 1950s so he- money today. Um, uh-huh. $2,000 $2, is $2,000. Oh, $21,420.33 in 2020. Okay, that's really but all I'm lot. saying is for a murder, that's really, that's really not a lot. But also, I definitely am not getting paid more. <laughs> the, like the inflation <laughs> did not keep up with the price of income. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, clearly. Seriously. Yeah, clearly. I want to know how much an avocado cost in 1950 because they were rare. <laughs> right? Oh, wow. I mean, really? No one had avocado toast in 1950, Aaron. Did they even in Mexico? Yeah, Mexico. This yeah, is and, Missouri. Okay, like in general, they probably eat a lot of. They I'm probably in California in 1950. How much an avocado was? Oh, too bad we can't grow avocado trees here. I would really also like you know, to grow a lemon tree. You can. They realize. have cold hardy ones that you're for meant for inside your house. I'm gonna send you a link. Anyway, let's finish this, Ooh. and I'm gonna send you a. link. Very distracted. But when he, when the guy, because yeah. we're hungry. So when he did, when he did the autopsy, he said that there wasn't any food in her stomach. So, um, the body of her was exhumed on June seventeenth in order to collect the bullets that had been left behind at the original autopsy, as well as to gather what samples of tissue and okay, stomach contents were possible. They did they even have an autopsy? What did he do? Did he just look it up her in her mouth and say, "Yeah, about right." He literally was like, all right, well, there's nothing really in here. Yeah, there's some bullets. Maybe one bullet. She's got a vagina. There you go. But there's nothing else. There's nothing else in the stomach, though, so it doesn't really matter. It's basically useless. There's no Uh, reason. I'm I'm hungry. I want to go play around the golf. (laughs) Five o'clock. I better get this cocktail in me. The 50s are a hot freaking mess. So on July 11th, Patricia was um, denied bail, and yeah, thank God, seriously. He's a runner. No, I know. But a few days later, they were like, "Well, we can't really produce any real circumstantial evidence," so she was freed on twenty four thousand dollars bond on July 18th. So look that up. What's twenty four thousand dollars bond? Twenty four thousand. Yeah. And dollars. Dollars. It's like got to be like 200,000. Hold on. Here we go. The inflation calculator. Oh God, you're the worst at this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Today it's $257,043.98. Okay. I, I mean, it's a lot. Jeez. It's a, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> More power to you. All right. So. So she was released on on bond, and after a delay in her trial, she had another baby. Why not? I mean, <laughs> so she's got like five kids at this point. <laughs> so Sharon was charged with both murders of Patricia and James, and her trial for Patricia began in mid June, nineteen sixty one. With the jury selection beginning around June 13th and the trial commencing days later with an all-male Well, because it's 1950, so those are her peers. 
Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. So she's just going to have sex with every juror. So. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's how court works. Exactly. So she was found. I'm surprised. I'm really surprised. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I thought it'd be like a Chicago situation where she like shows them some ankle and everyone melts. (laughs) (laughs) So the prosecution rested its case on June 21st after calling 27 witnesses and her defense, which took less than two days and involved 14 witnesses other than herself who did not testify focused on breaking down the state's claims of motives and means arguing that she had no reason to kill her husband and that the 22 caliber pistol she was alleged to have owned had not okay, been Okay, I'm sorry, to be but the, the two-year-old had like a bunch of reasons, right? She had like invested in his startup. Yes. Um, they yes. were both dating the same yes. woman. Okay. <laughs> yes. So after Christ. basically like me like one one and a half hours of deliberation, the jury said that there were just too many loopholes in the prosecution's oh, case no! and they found her not guilty. Oh no! <laughs> so immediately, <laughs> immediately after the delivery, she just shot a juror, right? Um, like an open the court, right? One, just to, no, to prove she could get away with it. <laughs> That's what I would do. One of the <laughs> one of the jurors asked for yeah, her autograph. Yeah, sounds right. Sounds right. Which, which she was, which there is a picture of her, and she's just signing it, it with bullets. She's just throwing it up in the air and just shooting. Yes. <laughs> yes, and they're like, okay. <laughs> You're not guilty of murdering her, but now you're going to be going back to jail to await the other trial. Oh, God, Erin, this will not end. I'm dying. So even though she was acquitted of the murder of Patricia, she still had the charges for her husband. And oh, please, Lord, put this woman in jail. When, the, when, jury, <laughs> when jury selection began... One of the DAs noted that he did not intend to pursue the death penalty. Oh, was that the reason they were holding that? God forbid. I'm sorry. I need to open the window. I don't. I don't. I don't know why. So further further prosecution testimony alleged that the marriage had been on the verge of divorce at the time of his death, and that she has. um, It was because of all the cheating that she had done of him, and that she knew that she was going to collect her twenty nine thousand dollars in his life insurance policy only if she were still his wife. So, the defense focused on the circumstantial quality of the evidence, noting that prior police investigation had determined his death to be obviously accidental by the He had it coming. And that the jury He had it coming. <laughs> he only had himself to blame. <laughs> and they also brought up the fact of her boyfriend John they called him a poor mixed up kid who would basically sign If you had been there. <laughs> If you had, <laughs> you would have. Did I tell you? Oh this my morning, god! Mike tried to explain to me Broadway acting because we were Why? watching Lin Manuel Miranda on Sesame Street, and he was like, "Well, Pam," and I'm like, "I actually did acting in college. Could you? You were in one play. Oh my! Calm god. down. Oh my! Sweet god. Jesus! Oh my that god. man. He's lucky. I love him. Because I could yeah. give my two-year-old a gun yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> like, no, they have a startup no. together. It's an obvious motive. They, they invested oh in a hot tub God. factory. 
<laughs> if we're saying crazy things, I okay, tell me, tell me the get, tell me the verse. I swear to God, I'm gonna start drinking today. <laughs> okay, well they, well they, the the prosecutor determined that the two year old, two and a half year old child who murdered the father on accident was in fact not able to kill but I thought they took her to the gun range and had her pop off a few rounds (laughs) well she was able to pull regular triggers but not super Ah. stiff triggers (laughs) so the trial ended on January 11th after five and a half hours of deliberation and I'm sorry we're gonna take your child to occupational therapy though she she can't pull the hard triggers, <laughs> and when she tried to lift the shotgun, it was too heavy for her. See, that's a problem. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So even though, um, despite the verdict, her husband's family continued to believe her dead husband's family continued to believe that the best of their daughter-in-law, telling reporters on the day of the verdict, we can't find it in our hearts to say anything bad about her, and we still don't feel that sure. she committed murder. Sure. Even. Sure. Even though she herself told reporters that she felt the verdict was a mistake and that she regretted her previous enthusiasm for having mm. a woman on the jury. That's right. You can't count on them, ladies. So the, the next week, her lawyers requested that she be released on bond, supported by a community petition that was signed by a hundred. I'm sorry. We have to talk people. about the female juror but, for a second. Because you know what, Erin? <laughs> real women? Real women support women. <laughs> Aaron, oh <laughs> not in this case. Not in this case. <laughs> Taylor Swift about it. Oh Real god. women support women. Okay. Oh my god. Well, it was it was denied anyway, so it didn't really. Oh matter. my god, it's and so dumb. That the petition, the petition was deemed highly inappropriate okay i have a small question you said this the title of this is the sister you don't want did you mean the daughter-in-law you don't want maybe (laughs) possibly and that's our show folks thank you thank you very much my god she didn't get any bail she was denied bail just in case you're wondering choke on that bail lady so yeah it was just a whole so she died in jail no, she's still alive. She's, she's still, still alive. Yeah. Hot dog. Yeah. Hot dog. Yeah. She's just. Oh, like, I can't wait to see these terrible. pictures. Guys, check out the blog at murderamongfamily.com and check <laughs> out these pictures. So there were like three different trials of James's. What happened to Double um, Jeopardy? Because they were like. I know. So then she was sentenced, like, ultimately um, placed in a women's prison sure. in Mexico. We have that whole exchange program. And <laughs> yes, which is why she was called. Um, is she Lapis still Lola, in Mexico? I think is what. <laughs> I'm sorry. She got to go on a vacation to a so Mexican she... prison? Aaron. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aaron. Yeah. yeah. I know. For one of the minisodes <laughs> I've been working on this thing I heard on the dollop. Oh, this is this is actually a Shut show. your filthy There's mouth. An episode. Yeah, I forgot to tell you that. There's an episode. <laughs> anyway, she tried yeah, to Yeah, of course. She's in a Mexican prison. jail. It's literally hell. They did a 5 p.m. roll call. They barely and, uh, have toilets there. there. 
Yeah, except they didn't realize that she was okay. working until 2 a.m. the so next the day. The Diane Downs of Missouri. <laughs> yeah, so then there was a, a manhunt, and they're like, man, she must be in northern Mexico. Even though they really like had no idea where she I know she where was. she is. Over there. Um, <laughs> but they eventually found her. She was trying mm-hmm. to go to Guatemala. <laughs> she was in Guatemala. And um, the Guatemalan people were like, the Guatemalan government were like, yeah, she's right here. We found her. Um, so for more than 40 years after her escape, she um, remains at large and her whereabouts and ultimate fate are oh, unknown. God. Wait, so she escaped prison and now she's just. She's... Then you don't know yeah, if she's she alive. escaped prison and they have. She... Well, she was in Guatemala, so she's probably no, not alive. alive. Not doing great. Well then. Oof. $24,000 is $2,400. With inflation, it would be. No, $24,000. Oh, sorry, $24, my bad. Not $2,400. $24,000. <laughs> $24,000. She probably, she's probably the head of MI6 or something, though. She's like the head of that gang that's like yeah. ruining the world. Oh my god, Aaron. Yeah, she's that's, just a whole mess. But then, yeah. guys, check out the next episode for next week, because mine is great compared to this. <laughs> this is spicy garbage. She was she was known as one of the most remarkable oh, criminals sweet in the Lord. history. A housewife turned a turned a cold blood killer and then escaped from a Mexican prison and then oh disappeared god, without Aaron. a trace. That's, this is terrible, but you know, they have a, like a, a a story about her, which is called "I'm Just an Ordinary Girl," which I really don't feel is appropriate at all. <laughs> so we should, well, you can watch it. I don't want to watch it because these things creep me out. But I'm not really <laughs> just the whole mess. Like this lady just kept killing people over and over again. Like, oh, and that video. with that, the baby is awake. So let's oh, let's do our good news, time. and then we'll head out for the day. Okay, I do good. have a good, good news story. story. I sent you. All right, let's Hold hear on, it. Let's hear it. it. Here we go. Oh, come on, internet. Okay, let me turn off the white noise machine. Okay. Oh no, it's not longer available. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, we'll really? do a different one. Hi. Okay. Hi, Doggy Boo. Let me tell you a nice story, okay, Boo? Here we go. <clears throat> the employees of Braskem American in Delaware County unanimously agreed to mm-hmm. stay at the facility. For nearly a month, working 12-hour shifts to produce enough necessary PPE, personal protective equipment, for the medical frontline workers. <laughs> so, four That's nice. Pennsylvania workers did not go home, self, are, are now going home for the first time uh, in 28 days after making masks, gloves. Uh, and their wages were increased by their employer. Yeah? Okay. Jeez. Well, that's our episode. Thank you for listening.
It was great. Yeah, thanks for listening. I'm going to go take care of this muffin. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. And I'll call you back in a bit. Okay, hon? Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye.